We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. has landed in Baltimore. The Ravens posted video of the wide receiver flying into town in what looks like Steve Bashotti's private jet, and he emerged wearing purple and black. Yeah, and he's here to officially sign his contract, the details of which have already been leaked to the media. We'll break down the numbers and explain how they may motivate OBJ to recruit Lamar Jackson after, well, Lamar just recruited him. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Thursday, April 13th. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So former New York Giants executive turned NFL network analyst Mark Ross shed some light on what we can expect from OBJ as a teammate in Baltimore, especially knowing how much national attention his sheer presence alone will command. Plus, the Ravens will hold an OBJ introductory press conference later today at 1 p.m. And I'll explain why the team can't, or at least shouldn't, prohibit Lamar Jackson questions like they did in their last presser. Yeah, we have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. So Odell Beckham Jr. is officially in Baltimore, and the Ravens spared no expense in bringing their prize free agent into town, sending owner Steve Bashotti's private jet to pick him up. When the door opened and OBJ descended down the stairs, he had his son in his arms and, of course, was appropriately wearing purple and black. He had this message from the landing strip. Mark Nation, what's going on? OBJ here, ready to get to work. She's out in here. Daddy, can you say Black Nation? Black Nation? No, but we're ready to get to work. Much love. Let's get it. Yeah, that message is courtesy Ravens Media, of course. And Bobby, for me, this whole scene was surreal to watch. It feels like I've been pushing an Odell Beckham Jr. signing for almost a year now. And while I knew it'd be a great fit, I'm not sure I ever actually believed that the Ravens would pony up the cash for a star wide receiver like him. I mean, he and Lamar Jackson are going to be a magnet for cameras and all the national media. All the attention is coming to Baltimore. And it's no secret. I didn't see this coming either. I was dead wrong. I'll continue to hold myself accountable here. No question. But uh, 
Speaking of cash, Sarah, we've been waiting to see the structure of OBJ's contract to see how the Ravens actually fit it under the cap. And we both know there was no way they were going to be able to fit all $15 million under the cap without some creative maneuvering. So how did things shake out? Yeah, they definitely got creative, and this is based on leaked contract numbers by Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk. Now, many suspected that the Ravens would add void years to the deal, and turns out that's exactly what they did. And in fact, they added four void years. That's according to Florio. So by doing that, the Ravens were able to spread OBJ's $13 million signing bonus over five years. And that brought his 2023 cap hit all the way down to get this just $3.9 million. Yeah, that's a super low cap hit, which is basically signaling to the rest of the league that this team is still prepared to match any potential offer sheet that might come in for Lamar. Yeah, Bobby, that is exactly the strategy. And But here's the thing. There is a downside to that. If the Ravens don't re-sign OBJ to an extension after the season – there will be an $11 million dead money cap hit next season because all of those void years, they'll all come due next season in 2024. But if they were to extend them, and that's way down the line, I'm just saying this for cap and money purposes explaining this. If they were to extend them, they could spread that $11 million out over however many years were added to a new contract. So what about the $3 million in incentives we've heard about? Like, we know he's getting $15 million guaranteed, which is ultimately what probably put it over the edge, right? Put this thing across the finish line compared to what the Jets were offering, but he can get up to $18 million. So how can he reach that full potential? Yeah, so OBJ can earn an extra $1 million by reaching milestones in three different categories, and they're categories you'd expect. Receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. So he would need to reach at least 60 catches to earn $1 million, and then he'd need to reach at least 1,000 receiving yards to earn another million, and then finally he'd need to reach at least nine touchdowns to earn that last million. So that's how the $3 million total come together. Now, alternatively, he can also earn a million in each of those categories by leading the team in each of the categories, no matter what the final numbers are. So I read the Pro Football Talk article as well. And what I also found interesting is that Baltimore basically structured each category so that it's not an all or nothing proposition, right? Like there are smaller stepping stones toward that 1 million and it's mapped out in such a way that it will keep OBJ locked in each and every week, you would think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I won't get into the details of each of, of these smaller milestones, Bobby, because we could just get lost in all these numbers. Contract numbers can be very confusing, but just as an example. So let's take OBJ and his receiving yards. If he doesn't make the million by getting 1,000 receiving yards, he can still make other money. So he can make 250000 for 250 receiving yards, 500000 for 500 receiving yards, 750000 for 750 receiving yards. You get, you get the gist I'm giving here. And those like smaller stepping stones also occur in those other categories. So, so there's four escalators in each of those categories. And so even if he doesn't hit the $3 million, he's still going to be making extra money. So what do we think the chances are of him getting all $3 million in incentives? Like, 
Do you think he could realistically hit 60 catches, 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns this fall? Bobby, I tweeted out these incentives, and fans thought it was a no-brainer, and I love the optimism. But I'll be honest, I think it's going to be tough to hit all three of those. Bobby, OBJ hasn't hit all three since 2016. That's six years ago. And the last time he hit at least one of those milestones, that was in 2019. So he's going to have to stay healthy, play all 17 games. He'd have to produce like a true wide receiver one. And if he doesn't hit all those numbers, he'd still have to beat out Mark Andrews and maybe Rashad Bateman. Who knows what Rashad's going to do? Hopefully he's healthy enough. So I think, shoot, heck, we'd all be cheering OBJ on. We'd all be so happy if he hit all those marks. It would mean that the offense is churning, but I personally wouldn't put money on it. Now, that said, as you noted, Bobby, the way this is all structured, it will surely keep him motivated. Like if he's still far from the million-dollar benchmarks, he's still going to want to get those smaller ones. So listen, he's going to be motivated, and it might even turn the dynamics between him and Lamar Jackson totally around. Remember, it was Lamar who helped recruit OBJ to the Ravens. Now it could be OBJ who recruits Lamar to either the OTAs or the beginning of training camp so they can start building a rapport with one another in this new offense in order for him to make all that extra money. Here's Florio talking about this potential dynamic between Lamar and Odell. Is he done? And he's not done because he actively recruited Beckham to show up. And now I think the tables get turned and Beckham actively recruits him. Yeah. To do a deal. And it, it occurred to me yesterday, it won't surprise me if Beckham actually acts as, and I may have said this yesterday morning, but I can't remember. Yeah. Acts as a liaison. Liaison, yeah. Acts yeah, as a sure. de facto agent right. for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Just get everybody together and get this damn thing done. Right. They've done this as a sweetener. They've done this as an incentive. They've done this as a way to get out of this maze that they're in that they can't find a path to the other side of. Bottom line. So I think this is part of the broader process of getting Lamar Jackson not just to sign before training camp or to accept his one-year franchise tender with a sweetener before week one. They need him there for the offseason program. And still to come here on The Vault, a former New York Giants executive weighs in on what we should expect from OBJ, the teammate. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Bobby. Well, we've touched on a lot of stuff with OBJ, right? We've talked about now the contract. We've talked about his health. We've talked about what he could provide on the field. But one thing we haven't touched on really since he's been signed is what Odell is like as a teammate. Let's dive into that. Yeah. And I won't lie or hide from this, right? Like that's something I've been questioning throughout this entire process. Like on top of his lifestyle, you've heard me mention this before. Like, Hey, this guy's a pop culture icon and he's extremely involved with his off the field brand. He's a businessman and he's got a massive online following, which is one of several reasons why I took that hard stance months ago and leaned into it in which, hey, I wrongly predicted he wouldn't end up in Baltimore. You know, to me, I thought lifestyle and market size and his overall brand awareness would have led him to the New York Jets. But again, I was wrong. So basically where I'm going with this is that I am totally open to going into this one-year experiment. Maybe it's maybe it ends up being more than that. Who knows? But I am totally open to going into this thing with an open mind and a clean slate on OBJ, the player, the teammate, and the person. All right. I like that. I think it's fair of you, Bobby. Let's let's give this a chance here. And while we have to figure that money was probably a significant factor in his decision, being that the Ravens went out of their way to one-up the Jets' offer, now, clearly, OBJ still felt strongly enough about the opportunity in Baltimore and more than likely teaming up with Lamar. Which now brings us to former Giants executive Mark Ross, who spent some time with Odell during his time in New York. And Ross recently joined Glenn Clark Radio here in Baltimore this week, and he was asked what we should expect from, again, OBJ the teammate. Well, the teammates are going to love him, first of all. I mean, that's the, the perception from the outside and what the reality of the inside is, is the guy always was a great teammate and always was sort of beloved in that respect. And he is going to work. You know, the guy is maniacal about working out and perfecting his craft. So those are definitely the things you're going to get. Now, the outside perceptions of him and being in the media and the stuff he does, you're going to have to live with that. And that's just what surrounds him and so but I think Baltimore has the, the structure and the, the coaching staff and everybody to sort of handle that and he's not as uh, out there I guess as he was in his peak you know kind of a different role older guy now and not as big of a star but yeah just as far as a player and a teammate and a worker you know he's top notch with all of that. So remember, Odell spent his first five seasons in the NFL with the Giants before landing in Cleveland and Sarah that was where things were tumultuous in terms of his on-field relationship with then-Browns QB Baker Mayfield, which ultimately fractured their off-field relationship too. Yeah, I mean, we could see it being in the same division. That was a drama-filled couple years, to say the least, which culminated with Beckham's father posting a video on social media highlighting all the times that season that Mayfield didn't throw Beckham's way or just flat out missed him when he was open. And Odell Beckham Sr. went on to trash Mayfield in the comments as well. Yeah, that happened. And you know what? That was then, and this is now. Like, 
We're not trying to revisit that part of his past with any kind of agenda. We're just laying out the facts in terms of what went down and what ultimately led to his departure in Cleveland. His past is his past. He's on the other side of 30 now. I believe he turns 31 in November. He's a Super Bowl champion. And I think we can all agree there's been plenty of dysfunction in Cleveland, both pre and post OBJ. That is for dang sure. But I wanted to finish here, Sarah, because Ross, Mark Ross, was asked a hypothetical. If he were Eric DaCosta, would he have spent the money the Ravens did to go and acquire OBJ? This was his response. You know, in training camp, when the last training camp I was on air, I actually said this would be a really good fit for them to bring him in. But, you know, right now, I don't, I think, you know, if you bring some more pieces in there, draft a guy, maybe bring someone out. I don't think at this point in his career, you want Odell to be your number one guy. I don't think he's capable of that right now. Now, can he be a spot player specialist as we saw him last with the Rams with cup was there that other guys and Hey man, just go make two huge plays a game. I think right now that's where he is. Now I don't know where he's going to be coming off that second ACL, but I don't think for the Ravens this moves. It's just not a great fit for me, I don't think, where he has to be the number one guy, and you're counting on him to be the number one guy because there's so many unknowns with him with the age and the injuries. So I like it in a vacuum if it wasn't a huge salary and he could just be a part of what's going on there. But if you're expecting him to come in there and say, hey, man, you go save our passing game. you got to be our number one receiver. We're going to feed you ten times a game. I don't think he's that guy anymore. And, you know, Sarah, the beauty of it to me is that hopefully he doesn't have to be that guy anymore in Baltimore. Like, if Rashad Bateman can stay healthy, the Ravens truly believe he's capable of being an impact, dynamic, complimentary piece for them. They're more than likely adding another pass catcher via the draft. They signed Nelson Aguilar for depth purposes. Devin Duvernay is still on this roster, and perhaps even Demarcus Robinson finds his way back on a team-friendly one-year deal as well, Sarah. And we all know, based on his social media, uh, if I were a betting man, I think that maybe, maybe, just maybe, he's back. And, you know, we haven't even mentioned Lamar's favorite target above all over the last several years, and that's Mark Andrews. So I, I totally see and respect where Ross is coming from, especially knowing some of the uncertainty, being that, hey, OBJ hasn't played football in well over a year. But what I'm choosing to be optimistic on is that I don't feel as if the Ravens are going to have to live and die on Odell being their surefire number one wide receiver. Now, now that you've detailed everything with the contractual stuff, OBJ himself may not like that given the incentives written into his prove it deal, but it just might end up being the best formula for success collectively. Okay, Sarah, so the Ravens are going to introduce OBJ. This is the OBJ episode, by the way. It's been the OBJ week. You know, this, week. Is, this, is, this is what the doctor ordered. But uh, he's going to be introduced to Ravens journalists, local media, and fans at 1 p.m. Eastern later this afternoon. And obviously, it's hard to forget what happened the last time the front office held a press conference when they were previewing the draft, the Liars' luncheon, right, and wanted nothing to do with Lamar Jackson-related questions. Now, before we dive in, remember this from Ravens VP of Public Relations, Chad Steele, right? He interrupted a local reporter's question, and things went viral. You know, respect to the, this being about the draft and everything, just with the Lamar stuff that's going on. Hey, guys. Are you, guys, are you all looking at quarterbacks? Out, out, out. 
market that you can do this is about the draft. Just move off the, the Are you looking at quarterbacks differently because of the situation's going on? So, Bobby, everybody knows I was on vacation when this all went down, so I never gave my take on it. I'll do so quickly here. Now, full disclosure before I do, Chad is one of the first people that interviewed me way back in 2005. He was one of the people to make the decision to hire me. Okay, so he was my boss for a brief period of time. I love Chad. I think he's great. I love his family. So I'm a bit biased in favor of him. That said, here's my guess of what happened behind the scenes. I think that Chad and the front office probably met and made a joint decision to try to keep that pressure focused on the draft, especially since John Harbaugh took close to, what, 30 questions about Lamar a week prior? So I think that is fair. I think that was fair. I also think that the way Eric DaCosta handled the first question before the, the quote that we just put, pulled out there, I thought he handled it great. Um, and I wish that Chad had just let Eric continue to handle it that way. I think Chad probably got a little overzealous in trying to protect Eric, even though Eric was fine on his own. And I don't know, maybe if there were, what, seven or eight or nine questions about Lamar that kept going, then maybe Chad could have spoken up. I just think the leash was a little too short and, like I said, overzealous and a little heavy-handed. Now, having said all this, while I thought it was fair to keep the last presser more draft-focused and less about Lamar, now, even though I think that's fair and that I don't like the way they handled it, I don't think it was implemented well, listen, I don't think it would be fair to bar Lamar Jackson questions from this press conference with Odell. I'm sorry, but it would be impossible for journalists to like skirt around Lamar Jackson's name with, with him in there. I mean, it is fair to ask OBJ about the status of a starting quarterback when he's expected to be the starting wide receiver. Plus Lamar and Odell are clearly close friends. They clearly celebrated. They clearly have been talking to each other throughout this press conference. So if I were present, I'd want to ask Odell a few Lamar questions like how much did Lamar affect your decision? To sign with the Ravens. Did Lamar offer you any assurances that he'll play here in Baltimore in 2023? And I'd ask just what was the communication between them throughout this entire process? I could come up with more. Now, obviously, there also would be plenty of non-Lamar questions to ask, too. For example, I'd love to know what OBJ thinks he can bring to the table in terms of being a leader and a mentor to a young wide receiver room, particularly Rashad Bateman. I'd want to know if he expects to be wide receiver one. I'd want to hear his thoughts on the reunion with Munkin. Is he concerned about the history of running so much in Baltimore? And finally, I'd want to know, hey, Odell, are you going to come to the OTAs? And if so, would you, you know, bring Lamar with you? So bottom line, Bobby, hopefully the reporters in attendance will get to all these questions with no interference from Ravens PR if they start asking about number eight. And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with this from first-year Colts head coach Shane Steichen out in Indianapolis, who was asked about the prospect of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we're focused on the draft, and I'm going to focus on the guys that are in the building right now. In other news, Jeff Bezos doesn't plan to bid on the Washington Commanders after all, which comes months after the Amazon founder hired the sports banking firm Allen & Company to explore a bid for the club. And finally, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Packers and Jets haven't been communicating about an Aaron Rodgers trade 
for weeks. Both sides are reportedly dug in, and there's no end in sight. So let the plot thicken in one of the biggest off-season stories, aside from Lamar, of course. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Now, as you know, we've been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll help us keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to two of our returning patrons this month, Bill Justice and Toey Faree. We appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. We'd also love to hear from everyone, whether you're a patron or not, with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today, but be on the lookout for our instant reaction to Odell Beckham Jr.'s introductory press conference as a Raven, which will be out later today.